Hello folks, welcome back to the RLS podcast. Um, we are back after a little week break, which was because I was in Prague. I, um, I had a little city break in Prague with Ellie and um, yeah, it was class. Like if anyone's been to Prague before, um, then yeah, it's it's actually quite good. Like I've heard loads of stories about it from like stag do's and, and stuff like that. Um, and it sounds it sounds pretty mental, but I've never seen the mental side of it. And I think the most mental thing that I saw was a was a beaver, um, and not that kind of beaver. Holy shit! Wow, um, I did. I seen actual beavers, the physical beaver that builds a dam, not the not the beaver that you might possibly be thinking about. Um, fuck, I put myself in it in it there. That wasn't intended. Um, it was literally one of the most entertaining things about it. There was like a, a dam at the front, and um, there was a a European beaver, um, yes, a European beaver, the rodent version beaver, um, was like it jumped up on a log and it was running around. It jumped onto the log and it was just like running like a like a hamster wheel. It was possibly the most entertaining thing that happened there. And um, no, there was there was definitely more. It's actually really cheap as well. Like I was in Amsterdam last year and it was fucking extortionate prices, um, but Prague was actually really reasonable. Um, there were some unreal restaurants as well. If you're looking for a recommendation, I've got two of the best restaurants that I've ever been to in my life to recommend you. Um, I won't rattle them off just now because most of you probably won't be that interested. But amazing city break, really cheap, um, and yeah, easy to get to, and it was it was it was class. It was really good. It's class. Um, I don't know why I said it in that voice. You can probably tell by the podcast the last couple of weeks, like they're not really they're not really coming with much structure, but. I actually quite like, from a selfish point of view, just having like a conversation with, technically with myself. Like right now, I'm physically having a conversation with myself. Although it will obviously go out on social media. I'm just about to close the door here. I can hear too much. You might hear me drifting away right now. Um, what else has been going on today? I did float therapy for the first time, which you may have heard of before. You may have seen it. Float therapy slash like a deprivation tank. I think that's what they call them. I think that's probably two different things, but. You essentially like go. Well, I went to one up in Aberdeen. Um, I just I bought it a few weeks ago just to give it a bash because I heard good things about it. So you essentially like go for a shower, go into this like tank, and it has some lights on, or some like funky kind of yoga style music on. Um, and like you lay down in it, and there's like loads of Epsom salt on it. I can't remember the actual content of it, but I don't think you could replicate it in your own bath at home. There's heaps of salt in it, so you literally float just like you would in the sea. Um. So after 10 minutes, the lights, the lights go off. So it is absolutely pitch black and there's only you, your own thoughts sitting there floating. Um, and first of all, it was really hard to relax. Like I, I struggled to sit in a bath for, for a long time anyway. So like I eventually relaxed and I think I fell asleep for about 20 minutes. Like I'm not really sure. I was just a bit like in a daze and then I got some salt in my eye and I had to come out and that kind of upset the, uh, the rhythm of it. But no, I mean, it was, I'm sure some people will find it easier than others. Um, but I, yeah, I think I would enjoy it. I think I would want to go back. Um, it was an interesting experience. I would recommend probably trying it once. You might absolutely love it. Um, and I mean, it kind of puts you in a position of absolute nothingness. And I think that's something that we struggle with today, like because everyone's just so switched on to like social media and constant just constantly taking in stuff. Um, sometimes it is hard to actually just take yourself away. Like, what can you do to take yourself away from it? You can go for a walk with a pair of earphones in, but there's not really, this is why I think it's good because there's not really the opportunity to just do fucking nothing. And that is literal nothingness. There's no weight. You're, you're literally weightless. You are floating on water. 
and there is no sound, there is no light, you are literally just deprived of all your senses. Um, so it gives you a real opportunity to either go fucking off your head or it gives you an opportunity to actually fully relax. And I felt pretty good after it, to be fair. The woman, like, I walked out and the woman was like, oh my God, you're glowing. You're looking so good. Feel your skin. I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, thanks. Um, catch you later. Uh, it was quite a nice little experience, actually. They had your name written on the wall. It was like, welcome, Ryan, to the float, the, to float therapy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, would probably go back if it wasn't in Aberdeen. It took me about an hour and 20 to get there. Um, and I accidentally locked Ellie in the house this morning as well. So I was already in Brecon, ready to just shoot from Brecon. Um, and then I had to come home. So it was a bit of a frantic start. And I felt a little bit on edge by the time I got there. And I've had so many calls today. I've missed, I missed a call because I booked one on Central Eastern European time and missed it by an hour. So it's, it's been a bit of a mental day. But yeah, would recommend doing that. And um, it's called Urban, Urban Wellness Float. In Aberdeen and there's one in Edinburgh as well um can't remember the name of that one but I'm going to try that one next because you can do like uh you can go with someone so maybe take Ellie and just I mean it doesn't really matter if you're with someone you just float next to them and probably bash heads off each other and last night I also um this just shows to you like I'm still very much uh I think the words are gannet like I genuinely cannot eat slow and when I start eating I just turn into like a fucking the cookie monster um like i finished my tea last night or dinner whatever you want to call it and then took the plate through to the kitchen and like this is what i do and this is something that's ingrained in me from when i was little like i then look for what's left if there's something still in the pan there's a good chance i'm having a bit of it and um, so what i did was there was literally this uh like quiche thing that ellie had made from lunch cut a bit off of that and yeah whatever had a little bit of it so i was putting this sauce on it um sauce yeah why what I thought was sauce. So it was like this Indian flavored style thing. And I just didn't put two and two together that it was the marinade for the chicken. And Ellie was like, oh, I just squeezed the bag out and the, the raw chicken juices went into the marinade. Therefore, I put, and again, it's a weird combination, like a quiche. I basically like dipped it into raw chicken juice, which was like an Indian flavored style marinade. Um, I've still not shot my pants yet, but... I'm very much waiting for it. And I mean, I've not got it yet. It's been like 24 hours now and nothing's happened. So I've got my fingers crossed that I've I've gotten away lightly with this one. But it's just it just sums my my eating habits up. Like I can't help myself when there's like food in front of me. I'm just and it tasted good to be fair. Raw chicken juice and Indian spices tastes good. So I mean I wouldn't recommend trying it, but I'm sure it's a delicacy somewhere. Um and then the last like like little extra before we actually get onto the proper podcast was like I am in the habit right now and I made a, a, a stupid reel yesterday about like all the things that you can't eat on TikTok and people saying protein yogurts are bad and protein bars are bad and drinking bottles of water is bad and fucking everything's bad like if you followed all the advice on TikTok as to what's bad and what's not good for you then you'd let but the worst one and this is a tangent but the worst one I saw was the guy was making a point about how particular foods and this guy had like a pair of mental he looked like a little Uzi or something like that he had the, these mental sunshades on and he was like these are foods that you shouldn't eat they're toxic and they create mucus within and they take all i don't know what the fuck the guy's point was but people just make obscure points to get loads of views nowadays i think um so basically what he said was you shouldn't eat eggs, you shouldn't eat butter, you shouldn't eat marge, you shouldn't eat... He listed off about 12 foods, and I'm like, 
what like yeah, honestly if you were following all of this all of this advice you would have nothing on your plate literally um but the one thing that i kind of did take away i actually went and listened to one of the guys um tech talks in a little bit with a little bit more context and scroll down his, his page a little bit and he was the point that he was making and this is a point that i know full well that is is a good point it's like okay like eating one protein bar and eating one protein yogurt and doing all of these things in moderation like if you eat fucking 12 eggs a day you're probably going to get um what do you call it again oh god i can't remember the thing that you would get if you eat too many eggs it's not gout is it no i can't remember anyway if you eat too many of one thing then it's probably not going to be good for you i know for a fact if i eat a protein bar every single day there's a good chance my digestion is going to be it's not going to be good it's just something I don't digest very well. However, I, I went through a phase of the past like six, seven days because I've been up in my calories. I've been eating one every single day. And the guy's point that he was making was that protein bars and they upset your gut digestion and you shouldn't eat them at all. And they're terrible source of protein and there's soy protein in them. And soy protein is the worst thing that you could possibly eat in, your, in, in the world. And a lot of the time these people are making a point to the extreme end to try and get you to follow their narrative or to buy their product or whatever it is. One protein bar every few days, if it fits in with your kind of goals and you enjoy a protein bar and it doesn't seem to give you any gut distress, it's absolutely no problem. Don't let anyone tell you any any different. However, if it is, it's what you say you're eating a protein yogurt, a protein bar and a protein shake every single day, you're probably going to have some sort of distress within your stomach to, to digest that stuff. So that's where the point arises and it actually makes a bit of sense. So I needed to take that advice this week because I've had a protein bar every day for probably the past like seven days because I've got my two favorite flavors, which are actually meant for clients' welcome boxes, but I keep fucking plowing through them and eating them, um, which I should probably stop doing. So here we go. Seven steps to an unbreakable body and mind. That's what this podcast is actually about, not about my life, but... I figured I asked the question, people actually generally somehow like hearing about what the fuck I'm doing. So I'll continue to do that if, if, if it's interesting, because I know people people like to hear people's stories. Like I know when I'm watching someone's podcast or I'm listening to someone, I like to hear what they're up to. Um, and I appreciate that. That makes me feel a little bit cringe right now, like thinking about people being interested in what I'm doing. But um, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. You can maybe skip that part if you want. But anyway... Seven steps to creating an unbreakable body and mind. I was actually going to film this in the car on the way up because I was so tight for time, but I found a little 45-minute pocket just now where I can actually speak about this. So here's, this is essentially based on my experience and based on what I've listened to on podcasts, audiobooks. Um, it's based on my own experience. It's based on my experience with clients. Like, What would I do if I was looking to create an unbreakable body and mind? Now, that is, again, a bit of a nebulous kind of term to throw away, an unbreakable body and mind. What do I mean by that? Like, I mean, when we talk about an unbreakable body, there's no bodies unbreakable. You get by a bus tomorrow, then there's a good chance you're going to break in some way, shape or form. An unbreakable mind is, is something that's maybe a little bit more relevant and i don't the word unbreakable is just like it's a it's a title it's a it's a hook to be fair nothing's necessarily unbreakable we just learn to mold and adapt to situations and bounce back bounce back ability like you can be broken and re rebuild i think that's an important point to make i want you to think about a bit of clay so or maybe that i don't know your problem this is actually quite niche i don't think anyone's probably seen that monkey on tiktok that they drop from they drop from heights and it it just lands on the ground and 
and then it just kind of like it splats on the ground, but then it grows back. To, never mind, it grows back to its normal size. People must think I'm kind of missing a few marbles sometimes when I go off on these tangents. But anyway, it's not the ability to not be broken. It's the ability to be malleable and to kind of return to your normal state and grow stronger through every kind of break and through every kind of difficulty, through every failure, through hardship, you're always able to rebuild and become stronger. Now, the example I use of this is a little kid growing up in the council estate um, who becomes a millionaire or who becomes incredibly successful and um, the, the footballer that comes to mind, I know there's various examples of this across the years, um, Gabriel Jesus, who's obviously plays for Arsenal, grew up in the favelas, um, like literally from the poorest of the poor, um, probably didn't have a, a penny to his name when he was younger, living in a favela, guns, killing, stabbings, um, loads of that shit going on around about him. But basically what he said in, in an interview was that his motivation was when he become like 18, 19, when he saw that there was a shot of him making it at football, making it as a professional, which obviously he did at quite a young age. I'm saying for Man City when he was 19 or 20, I think. Um, he was like, well, there's fucking no chance I'm turning back now because he had that hard, harsh upbringing. Um, I mean, imagine growing up on the Gaza Strip right now. Imagine growing up in war-torn um, the Congo or imagine growing up in Mumbai, like in the slums. If you're able to get out of there, there's a good chance you'll never want to go back. So there'll be an undeniable motivation to actually continue to progress. And you see this all the time, like a lot of successful people come from hard backgrounds. Um, and you could argue on the opposite side, if you're handed everything to you on a, on a silver plate your whole life, when problems arise later on in life, you're less equipped to, to deal with that. However, I didn't have a hard upbringing, if I'm being honest. Like, I had it pretty easy. I had a lot of things generally kind of, like, I, don't get me wrong, mum and dad are not loaded and they're not poor. Um, most definitely, like, middle class. I had all my basic needs, but I didn't fucking, I wasn't, didn't get to Disneyland or anything like that in, in Florida. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't, like, having living the life, but I had an amazing childhood. Um, thank you, mum and dad. Cheers. Um, and what that what I'm essentially saying here is like, if you feel like I actually haven't had much hardship in my life, please don't go and move to the Amazon rainforest to create hardship. I mean, I've heard it be done before. But what you find is, is people that want to build an unbreakable body and mind is they actually pursue hardship. They actually go and chuck themselves in to hard situations. And I've done various reels and podcasts about this before, and it's about how can you choose hardship? How can you choose awkwardness? Like things that are going to make you grow on a daily and weekly basis. How can you actually now almost create that, that aspect of hardship without, like if you haven't grown up in a council estate and you haven't had it hard and you haven't got out of there by your own accord, how can you then create that? Because as a world and as a population now, we're very much got everything handed to us. We've got a phone, we've got food two metres away if we need it. We've got Uber Eats. We've got everything very easy. There's no kind of hunter-gatherer need anymore. Like we don't have to fight for things. We don't have to work for things quite as hard anymore. We do expect everything to be handed on a plate. And what that basically does is it almost creates a, a soft population, almost creates a bunch of, as Piers Morgan would say, a bunch of, um, what does he call it again? Fuck, I can't even remember. Um, oh my God, how can I not remember now? Um, 
oh my god, I can't believe it. That, to be fair, that's probably a, a sign that I shouldn't quote Piers Morgan. Not that I enjoy his work very much, but um, no, I can't remember. Just basically, he was calling people soft, which is is almost is a is a fair assumption. There is a whole lot of the population. I've been guilty of it myself as well. Like things have happened, and I've been like, mm, why has that happened to me? So, how can you choose hardship? And this is obviously one of the main steps to creating an unbreakable body and mind. And, and this is like body and mind put together because I think they overlap very much. So how could you create hardship on a daily basis? So let's start off with the very simplest of, of aspects of creating, creating hardship. It's, again, you've heard me say this over and over again, and it is literally getting boring. Wake up on the first alarm. That's the simplest form that you could possibly find. Do you want to do that? Do you want to wake up on the first alarm or do you want to actually then go and snooze it for the next 5, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? If you're in the habit of snoozing your alarm three, four, five, six times, that is horrendous for you. Now, not physically, like you're not going to lose muscle and you're not going to do damage to your brain by doing that, but you're going to lose so much confidence in your ability to repeat habits that you want to repeat later on in the day. Because basically that, what that says, what that narrative, the narrative that gets created in your head by snoozing your alarm five, I've heard people tell me they snooze their alarm 10 times. I'm like, are you joking me? Like, if you snooze your alarm 10 times, that's basically like, I don't trust myself to get up, I don't trust myself to get up, I don't trust myself to get up, I don't trust myself to get up. And you're repeating that over and over again. Snooze it once, it's almost like a, a smaller version of that. Get up on the first one, you're like, oh, wow, I did the first hard thing of the day successfully. Do that five days in a row, it just begins to happen naturally. And look, you go through phases. I've went through phases of getting up on the first alarm like that. And what I actually find really strangely enough is when it's darker outside in the mornings, I get up easier. But when it's light outside, I seem to snooze my alarm. I don't know. It makes no sense. I snooze my alarm for five minutes this morning. Now, just to show you that I'm not Mr. Bulletproof and I don't always get up on the first alarm. That's your first thing. How can you then do another hard thing? The cold shower gang are obviously a set of people that that's the kind of narrative they're chasing as well, is that well, nobody wants to do a cold shower first thing in the morning. You wake up in the morning, you want to go and have a warm shower and wake up and feel all cosy. If you do a cold shower, that's chosen hardship. That's a daily chosen hardship. Let's go to the next level. It's going out for a walk in the morning. Do you always want to do that or do you want to just like wake up a little bit later and go to your work a little bit later? There's another bit of chosen hardship. Going to the gym early in the morning, that's a bit of chosen hardship. You got to go and get under that cold barbell, stick 100 kilograms on it. That's not always easy. Build that narrative up in your head that you do hard things on a daily basis, then there you go. Um, on a weekly basis, can you stick to a general kind of nutrition plan, whatever it is? Can you stick to um, eating good food for a, for a full week? And then we think about it in the longer term. We could think about different things in a little bit, things that are a little bit bigger when it comes to hardship. Can you then go and plan to do something in the next month or two months, three months that you can't currently do? If you, I was to ask you to do this particular thing tomorrow, you would not be able to do it physically or mentally. It would just not happen. But let's set that as a goal in three months because then that's going to motivate you and that's going to allow you to then take strides to work towards that. And then there's growth there and there's hardship there. If you asked me to go and run a marathon tomorrow, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. But if you asked me to run a marathon in three months' time, I think I would probably be able to do it. But what I would have to do is I would have to choose hardship i would have to graft for that it would be hard the training would be hard 
And that's my variation of, of hardship. That's obviously not me on the Gaza Strip dodging bombs and things coming out of the sky because that's unrealistic. But for me in modern world Scotland, that's my version of that. Um, it could be for going going to a fucking jumping in a pond or something like that. Don't jump in the water for a walk. I wouldn't recommend it. You'd probably come out like that three-eyed fish on The Simpsons. Um, again, you can think about so many various things. Go and climb up a hill. Go and do something you haven't done before. Go put yourself out of your comfort zone. Make sure, Go and feel awkward. Go and stand and speak in front of a, a certain amount of people. Go and learn a new language. Go and do something that you've never done before. Go and fucking ask someone for help at the gym. Go and do an exercise that you've never done. Choose hardship. Choose things that are going to be difficult on a on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. And if you don't do that, you don't create the unbreakable body and mind. You become a little bit, a little bit soft, a little bit like mm, I just kind of I just kind of drift along in life. I don't do things, I don't do things that are hard, I stay in my comfort zone. And if you stay in the comfort zone, you only stay comfy until something hard hits you. And when something hard hits you, like you get some bad news or you, I don't know, something generally just pretty shit happens in your life, someone has an argument with you, you become a lot, a lot less ready for those sort of things. And I'm speaking from experience. I've been in a position where I've been volatile. I've been in my comfort zone. I've felt a little bit vulnerable and something's come out of the blue. I've been told I've lost my job or I've been told I've not been picked for football and I go, I'm just triggered. And I feel like the world is against me. There's only, the world is against you and it's up to you to fucking go and fight it. But it's uh, it's not conspiring against you. Like, the world doesn't give a shit about you. Like, honestly, the world, as you probably know right now, the world does not give a fuck who you are, doesn't give a fuck if you're a good person or a bad person. So you best just choose to be prepared to go and take it on for all it's worth. So that's number one, but we'll probably take that as about... That was almost about three points in one. I think I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Um, So when it actually comes to creating the body, like the body and the physical strength... Obviously, again, like physical, mental, psychological are all linked. But when it comes to the actual body, if I was trying to create an unbreakable body that's ready for anything, that's fit, that's only 90 days away from any sort of event, the 90-day principle is something that my coach has talked about before. Like The ability to be ready for anything in 90 days is a really good spot to be in physically. So if that's a, a marathon, that's a high rocks, that's a powerlifting triple, that is a game of football, the ability to be only 90 days away from anything is a really good place to be in. So how would I do that? If I was setting up a program for someone to be in that position and they were basically wanting to train and just be generally the best unbreakable version of themselves, what would I do? So this is this is essentially if I wasn't playing football and I just wanted to be the fittest, the healthiest the strongest person that I ever I could ever be. This is essentially what I would do. So I'd have a combination. I'd have a I'd have a training program very much shaped around strength. So my goal would be strength. I would have a combination of like big compound lifts in there. I would want to be strong. I would want to lift a deadlift. I would want to lift bench. I would want to be able to do pull ups. Um, I would want to be able to squat. Um, I would have a combination of that within probably three to four sessions a week. I would probably be running um, just because of running, I believe, is it's just good for your mind. It's good for you to be able to get out in the open. Um, and 
that would kind of almost be my version of zone two cardio. So I would build up my cardio. And what I mean by zone two is there's obviously zones one to five, and that's the heart rate that you run in with, that you essentially run or do cardio within. Zone one is obviously like a walk. Zone two is like a pretty low heart rate, but you're you're moving, you can still speak. As we get up to zones three and four, that's when you start to breathe a little bit more heavily. The heart rate, again, on average, would maybe end up being above 150. And then zone five is blown out your absolute arse. Like you could only run that for like under a minute. So I would have a combination of strength training, some low intensity zone two, that could literally be like an incline walk, as well as like a, a slow run. Um, I would have some sort of hit training in there, some interval training where I really get my heart rate high then I would try to recover quickly in between. Um, I would, alongside that, would perhaps do a bit of mobility work. But in general, if you can strength train, you can do a bit of cardio, a bit of combination of low state, steady state, low intensity work and high intensity work um, alongside a bit of running. And if you obviously do play a sport, your sport alongside that is, is all good. Um, again, like I would do things that I, I couldn't do before. Like I would work towards things alongside those goals. So I've had, if I was doing a strength program, I'd be working towards a PB on my bench squat and deadlift. If I was doing some zone two work, I would be working towards upping my distance on that run. If I was doing some high intensity interval training, I'd be looking to see how quickly can I bring my heart rate down. Um, it's a lot of it is about feeling as well. It's about like, do I feel strong? Do I feel fit? Am I breathing out my arse when I walk up a set of stairs? Um, if I do, how can I change that? Like, what can I do to change that? I don't want to be breathing out my ass when I'm walking up a set of stairs. Um, I even walked up the Reed Park the other day, and it just, I mean, it goes to, if you know, far for you know the Reed Park. I was walking up to the top, and I was trying to send a voice note to someone, and I was like that. Whew, I, I'm sorry, give me a second. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually breathing pretty heavily here, and it just shows I've not done a lot of zone two work lately. I've just been playing football. So I know that's quite, that's quite wide and open to interpretation, and what a strength, program with some zone two and some high intensity interval training could look like could look very different to every single person but if i was looking to create a fit strong body i would have a combination of that stuff in there but again it's very dependent on your goals as to what you would want to do but i truly believe that everyone should be doing a bit of cardio um, and everyone should be looking to get a little bit stronger because strength and cardio are the fundamentals to essentially just like living a healthy life like not having injuries, not having health problems. Um, yeah, obviously they're all important. When it comes to sleep and nourishment, when I talk about nourishment, I'm on about like nutrition, am I eating well? A couple of fundamentals that I would make sure I was showing up with would be, pardon me, when it comes to sleep, I would be making sure that I've got a consistent bedtime within one hour of itself each, each night, probably even... If I was being a little bit kind of more stricter, I would say within half an hour. The reason that I say this is because some recent stuff that I basically, I didn't figure out myself, I've seen it on some of the research that's been out lately, is that human growth hormone is excreted through the night when you sleep. Um, that's essentially what helps you recover. Um, that's why sleep's so, so important for recovery, as human growth hormone is excreted into the body. Therefore, you wake up the next morning, your muscles are repaired, your brain function is repaired. So what actually happens is if you are constantly changing bedtimes within one to three hours, you're at one one night, you go to sleep at 10 the next night, you're awake at six one night, and then you wake up at nine the next night. What happens is when you go to sleep, 
at, say for example, I'm going to sleep at half 10 every single night for a whole week. My body then becomes very in tune with when human growth hormone should be released. So within the first hour of sleep, that's one of the most, the first cycle of deep REM sleep is one of the most important cycles of sleep because that's when human growth hormone is, the majority of it is excreted into the body. And therefore that's your main main chance to recover. Um, so if we then end up going to sleep at different times, that trigger gets a little bit confused and it still thinks it should be coming out at that, say, for example, half 11. Say you go to sleep at half 10, it comes out half 11 every single night. It's obviously not as on point as that. It doesn't have a literal clock set. Um, it just happens when it happens, but it will be quite in tune. The trigger then gets kind of upset and it's like oh, right okay so we're not asleep it's not happening now therefore it comes out later but does not come out in the same amount therefore there is not as much human growth hormone going through the body at that point and therefore recovery will not be as good so if you can have a consistent bedtime and a consistent wake up time then in theory you're gonna get more gains you're gonna recover quicker so that's just like a little kind of side point but when it comes to sleep like i've done several podcasts on sleep um, and the importance of it Get sunlight first thing in the morning if you can. If it's just opening your window and looking out at the sunlight, if it's going out for a walk, even better. Huberman basically um, suggests that you should be looking for somewhere between uh, 10 to 20 minutes of sunlight. 30 minutes is obviously even better if you can go out for a walk with a dog or something like that. That is going to make you sleep better. That is going to basically trigger your alarm clock to go, okay, we have started the day we now are going to be sleepy at X time. Therefore, you're going to get to sleep better. Therefore, you're going to get better quality sleep. And again, your bed environment should be cool, should be extremely dark. If there's a lot of light getting in your room or you're leaving like TVs on or you're leaving lights on, your body does not like that. It doesn't like that when it comes to sleep. Um, reason being is that your eyes are essentially like this conductor of light. Um, literally like the way that you see is you conduct light and you reflect back and that's how you see colors and things like that so when you see light coming into your eyes um, especially at night your body is still producing particular hormones which are keeping you awake um, we want to be able to create as much darkness into our eyes which creates melatonin which essentially allows you to then fall asleep easier that's what we want to do like that's the reason that we want a dark room and it's going to help us sleep um, and yeah, I mean, there's obviously several other things I could go into with sleep, but that's the most important things. When it comes to nourishment, you know the script by now. You want to hit at least 1.6 to 2.2, maybe even 2.4 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. If you lift three to four times a week or you do a lot of, you play football, I'd be aiming for the higher end there. Um, for me, I try and hit at least, I'm 80, probably roughly 87, 88 kilograms just now. I look to hit um, 170 grams of protein every single day, um, and that has me sufficiently recovering. Um, I would be looking to, I've got a message on Facebook now. Um, I would be looking to make sure that I am having like variations of fruit and veg. I'm having some sort of fruit and veg with my breakfast. I'm having some sort of fruit and veg with my lunch, some sort of fruit and veg or salad, whatever it is, with my dinner. Um, and I'm making sure that I have protein feedings three to four times a day, at least over 35 grams of protein each time. That's based on me and based on my current height and weight. You could obviously do the prediction for yourself, uh, not the prediction, the calculation. 
Um, so yeah, those are the main body ones, like the simple things. Now, when it comes to like, obviously, like there's not this is not necessarily seven steps to an unbreakable body and mind. Although you could probably have extracted seven steps from the things that I've said already. Um, one of the main things that I I genuinely think has been like undeniably helpful in creating a a mindset around like as a, in creating my mindset has been travel has been travel and it's been throwing myself into random situations that make me feel incredibly uncomfortable and if I could like examples of that is obviously going to Australia like that was like a massive bit of growth for me although I acted like a child when I was there um, it was a massive bit of growth I went to live on my own in another country and had to fend for myself make money for myself um had to learn to travel in a different country this stuff's never bothered me like I don't mind being on my own like I've literally did some stupid shit I remember falling asleep went on a train went the wrong way fell asleep on the train got out of the train about 50k away from Sydney woke up on Cronulla Beach which if anyone knows Sydney that's a reasonable distance away from actual Sydney CBD woke up on the beach and was like holy fuck where am I and ended up jumping back on the train now you have to go train train ferry to get back to Greenwich on North Sydney and literally woke up in the morning like and well I woke up on the ferry again fell asleep again and then ended up back at the where I lived like 12 hours later um that's character building for you I suppose um but I wouldn't recommend it like but but generally the, the message there was like traveling and going and doing new things that you see if there's a thing you feel a little bit uncomfortable about and you go oh my god I don't want to do that it makes me feel anxious it makes me feel like scary do it that's the thing that you should do like I have to remind myself of that so often. There was literally a call the other day. And if you've ever done like any sort of like Zoom seminars or that, if you've been into a breakout room before, that makes me go, oh my God, breakout room. I've got to go and speak to someone that I don't know. And the introvert within me is like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But I'm like, no, do it. Because that's growth. That's going to mean that you, you, that you build something. That's going to mean that if you feel uncomfortable, there's there's definitely growth coming after that. And I think I had a conversation with someone today as well. I got on a call with them and they said, I wasn't going to message you because I felt like you were going to think I was a, I was going to think I was a twat. And I was like, and he also said, I wasn't going to message you because um, I was a little bit like, oh, made me feel a bit uncomfortable and I wasn't sure what you would think. And I was like, that's the exact reason you should message me because there's obviously something that you want to get off your chest and there's obviously something that you want to, you want help with. And that's the thing, like it will feel uncomfortable. And for me as well, when it comes to building, like a, I hate saying the word unbreakable now, I've kind of murdered the, the word. When it comes to building an unbreakable body and mind, the main thing for me is like building an unbreakable mind, building confidence, building building belief in yourself, building self-worth. I love this quote, and it's, it's from Alex Hormozzi, and I think I've said it before, and it's, I've heard it on Modern Wisdom about a million times. It's like, building confidence is not about, like, you know, have you ever seen these, like, these coaches where, like, right, confidence is about, like, backing yourself and, and saying, no, I am a 10 out of 10, and no, I am brilliant, I am great. Like, it's shouting, like, affirmations. Like, if you go in the mirror... I am, like I've said, I made a joke out of this before. I was like, I am the goat. I am the goat. Saying, I am the goat in the mirror three times. That's that's a lot of airy-fairy bullshit. Like, that's not confidence. Confidence is about 
building an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. Now, I'll say that again, building an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. Now, who do you want to be? Like, who do you foresee yourself being in a year? Who do you want to become? What do you want to do with your life? What kind of career do you want to chase? What, kind of, what do you want to build a family? Who is it that you want to become? Because the thing that builds confidence is that you don't get confidence first and then the thing. Like you do the thing and then you get confidence. I've said that a million times to some people. They'll be like, I'm scared to go to the gym. I don't have the confidence. I'm going to wait till I have the confidence. It's like, you will never have that fucking confidence. Go to the gym, do the thing that makes you feel uncomfortable and build proof that, oh fuck, I can do that. That's when confidence comes. And whatever it is with your life, like go and do things that help you build a story that you are confident. So for me, let's use the example of like, feeling confident enough to build my own business it was like right okay right now nobody knows me nobody knows who i am nobody trusts me i don't even trust myself how the fuck am i going to be an online coach let's go and live the life let's go and manifest i hate the word manifest as well as i don't hate it but like let's go and manifest becoming that person so what would that person do what would that person what that confident version of me do so what they would do was they would put themselves out of their comfort zone. They would go and put themselves on social media. They would go and be willing to fail. They would go and live the life of a coach. I would stop pissing about at the weekends doing stupid shit. I would then go and actually like live the way that I would want my clients to live. I would constantly, constantly be trying things that are difficult. And I would constantly be pushing myself to the next the next place now whatever that version of that looks like for you you just never know so build an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are or you are who you want to become and um, just whatever that looks like it could just be going to the gym five times this week you go fucking hell i am a person that goes to the gym five weeks i was never confident enough to do that once you've done it for weeks and weeks you are confident enough to do it it's like fucking lionel messi when he was four years old but he wasn't confident enough to stick a fucking free kick top bin, but he's done it various times now. And he's, well, it's maybe a bad example, but he's more than confident to be able to do that. I just love that quote. It was like, build an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. Confidence is not something that you can just pluck out of the sky. It's not something that's just going to happen. It takes work. It takes repetition. Confidence is a muscle that needs to be worked. Um, and that's one of the things that I think contribute to an unbreakable mind is confidence. The confidence to believe that you can actually see something out or you can actually overcome challenge. So, you know what? I actually don't think I'm going to go on very, very much further. I just want you to obviously take away from this that there's never, there's never there wasn't seven steps there, was there? Like, I don't really think I remembered the seven steps. So there's no seven steps. It's more just a case of taking something away from that and you need to do the reps. That's the thing. Like you don't just get the unbreakable mind and the unbreakable body. And you don't just go from a position of, if you're listening to this right now and you feel a little bit fragile, a little bit vulnerable, a little bit, like I described at the start, a little bit soft, like you give up a lot. You feel like you feel like the world's against you a lot. There is nothing that is going to change that unless you do the work. Turn up with whatever that version of your work is if it's actually physically career work or it's the gym or it's running, unless you turn up on a daily basis doing the boring basics over and over and over again, you will not be able to build, quote unquote, an unbreakable body and mind. It will be more than breakable. 
at various times and you will not have confidence in yourself to carry out things over your life. But now is your opportunity to actually go and try something like that. Hopefully you took something away from that. Again, I've said this to the last of a couple of episodes. If you've listened to the podcast, please drop me a message. Um, I get this every now and again and people say, oh, thanks, I took a lot away from that. Please drop me a message on Instagram or on whatever it is, Facebook or WhatsApp if you've got me. And just let me know what part of the podcast hit home for you. And was there a point in that podcast where you went, fuck, he's speaking to me or shit, that's hit home or I need to start doing that. Just anything, please, please, please give me a message because I love connecting with people like that. And I want to hear what they have to say. And I would maybe be able to add a little bit extra value and help you with whatever it is that you want. I actually heard someone off the back of the podcast a few weeks ago. um, I jumped on a call with them not because they wanted coaching, just because they wanted to discuss a, a challenge that they'd had similar to me in the past. And we just spoke about it and they were like, they came off the call feeling like, oh, you know, that, like I feel like I've got a path forwards now. And that person, I've not heard from them since. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're doing all right. Um, thank you for listening. I will catch you later. Hopefully you took something away from that. Um, don't eat um, marinated chicken juice.